Does talking about your money make you cringe? Are you tired of fighting about finances? Do you want to stop sabotaging your financial happiness? Then you are in the right place. Welcome to Breaking Money Silence, a podcast series aimed at helping all of us talk more openly about money. Your host, Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, is doing what she does best. As a young girl, she was scolded for talking too much to her neighbors in class. After years of trying to be quiet, she discovered that speaking up about taboo topics is her strength. International speaker, author, and founder of KBK Wealth Connection, Kathleen understands money and our relationship with it. She is a wealth psychology expert who has helped thousands of advisors and clients communicate more effectively about money. Now, listen to Kathleen as she assists today's guest in busting their favorite money myth wide open. I am so excited to have Barbara Stanny joining the Breaking Money Silence podcast today. Uh, Barbara is somebody that I've admired for years before I had the courage to reach out and connect with her, and she was nice enough uh, to uh, reach back, and we've uh, managed to collaborate on and off uh, for the last couple of years. So let me tell you, if you don't know who Barbara Stanny is, you certainly should. She's the best-selling author of Prince Charming Isn't Coming. Six, uh, excuse me, secrets of six figure women overcoming under earning and the recently released Sacred Success, a course in financial miracles. Barbara has been teaching women how to take charge of their money and take charge of their lives for 20 years plus. She's an experienced mentor, wealth coach, and sought after speaker. Barbara can help you create wealth you desire, and the life you deserve. And I'm just so honored to have Barbara Stanny with us today. Welcome to the call. Well, Kathleen, thank you. And I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for asking me. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was excited because I remember the first book I ever read of yours might have been the under uh, Overcoming Under Earning, which I needed at the time. Um, and then I went back and I read the Prince Charming Isn't Coming Here book. And so I know today the myth that you've selected kind of fits with the Prince Charming book, which is I don't need to worry about money because someday my prince will come. So tell me a little bit, Barbara, or tell the audience why, what motivated you to pick that myth today um, that we're going to together bust wide open. Um, because I think, you want me to tell you my story, my personal story, or why I think it's an important myth to bust? Uh, why it's an important myth to bust? Because I think this is the one, number one thing that is keeping women, in particular, from taking charge of their finances. And, I, I you know, I grew up that someday there'll be a man to take care of you. And my, that was my generation. But even the, the young women today, Prince Charming doesn't need to be a man. Prince Charming could be anything we think will save us. It could be it could be an inheritance, uh, uh, the, the lottery, uh, an amorphous something, anything. Letting go, releasing that rescue myth is the number one. It's, is I think the most important thing we can do 
So it sounds like you, your research or your experience uh, connecting and reaching and um, teaching a variety of women that the idea that um, a man is a plan is how some other people have put it, but that Prince Charming is coming, that idea is still out there. And what's interesting to me is I haven't thought about it, but there are other ways. It could be a partner. Um, it could be these other things you're talking about, an inheritance or the idea that, oh, I'll figure it out, you know, Let, let me later. give you an example. Yeah, excellent. Example. Yep. Uh, I remember interviewing a woman who was a, uh, she was an executive in the film industry in LA. She made $650,000 a year. This was in the year 2000, 17 years ago. So she was making a lot of money. She said, Barbara, I feel one step away from a refrigerator carton on the street. I said, how is that possible? She said, my only investment has been sh in shoes in Neiman Marcus. She said, I just kept thinking someone or something will come along and save me. There was no man necessarily. It was just something. Something was going to fall. Mana from heaven was going to fall out of the sky and save her. And I think it's that, that myth, that myth that's alive in a well, even in the successful women. It's what I call the illusion of affluence, that just because you make a lot of money doesn't mean you will keep it. Because money doesn't come from what you earn. It comes from what you do with what you earn. Great distinction. Now, with this myth, before we get into what people can do about it, if they buy into this uh, mindset, I'm wondering, is there any way that this can serve the individual? You know, sometimes with a myth, there's a way in which it helps us out, even if in the long run, it kind of kicks us in the you know what. So is there any way in which thinking, oh, I'll worry about money tomorrow uh, can be helpful? Absolutely not. Uh, uh, can I tell you a little bit about my story oh, and why? Absolutely, yeah, Barbara. Please story? do. Um, so I absolutely. My father, my father was the R of H and R Block, and the only advice he ever gave me about money was "Don't worry." And under that was the unspoken assumption that there'll always be a man to take care of you. So I thought that was great advice. I didn't understand money. I just wanted to spend it. And I married a man who was a stockbroker and then he became a uh and then he even got his uh certified financial life planners scfp license and so this was great i thought you know i i don't have to worry life is good but what i learned very early in our marriage that my prince charming the stockbroker was a compulsive gambler and over the course of 15 years of our marriage he continued to let to gamble the money away, even when I find out every year, one, two, three, four, five times a year, I find out he was gambling this money away, and I couldn't get him to stop, and probably because I was terrified. I didn't understand money. It, it was like this, it, it just was terrifying and intimidating, and finally, finally, after 15 years of marriage, I decided can't do this anymore, so we got a divorce, but even after our divorce, I decided, eh, money's not my thing. I don't want to deal with money. And I had this theory that if you don't deal with your money, your money will deal with you. And in the next year, I got tax bills for over a million dollars for back taxes. My ex didn't pay for illegal deals he got us in. Now, I didn't have a million dollars or anything close to it because he had gone through my inheritance. I didn't know how I do it. He had left the country. 
I didn't have the million dollars and my father wouldn't lend it to me. And that was the moment. That was the moment that I knew. I had three daughters. One was just a baby. I was not going to raise those girls on the street. That's when I knew Prince Charming wasn't coming. And my Prince Charming left. So that's when I started really getting smart about money. So if a woman is out there and she's listening in and she's thinking, oh, well, Barbara, you know, that's an extreme example. It's not going to happen to me. This way I don't have to really worry about it or I'm not smart enough to do finances. Kind of what is the advice you'd give her? Well, first of all, I believe, I absolutely am convinced after 25 years of working in this field that women's problems with money have nothing to do with money, very little. It is all about their ambivalence or fear of power. Ooh, tell me more. Because the money does not give us power. I had the money when I was married. I had the inheritance. But my husband had the power because I gave it to him. I let him make all the decisions. He did everything. You know, he managed all the money. He, he, he everything. Because, and, and I believe that we women... We don't understand power from a feminine perspective, and we're scared of it. My definition of a powerful woman is someone who knows who she is, who knows what she wants, and expresses that in the world unapologetically. What happens is we are so afraid of making waves, of rocking the boat, that we water ourselves down so we don't upset anybody or anything. And do you think this still happens with the millennial generation? Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and it's not necessarily because they're not smart. These women are very smart. Just money is very easy to ignore until you can't ignore it anymore. And research shows us still to this day, women don't get serious about managing money until they hit a crisis, until they lose a job, they lose a spouse, or they're on the brink of retirement, which is the worst time to start. But my message is, you don't do it for the money. You do it for what the money can do for you. Because here's the difference between women, men and women. Men, by and large, are very motivated by profit, by perks, by prestige. No matter how much money a man has, ask him to go make more and he's all over it. A woman, generally speaking, once she has food on the table, once she is financially stable, money no longer motivates us. What motivates us is the opportunity to help others. And so I think that when we understand that once we become financially stable, growing that money, we can use it to make a difference in the lives of people we love, in, in causes we're passionate about. This is power. So it's really looking at power from a different perspective. And I guess yes. also, you know, I'm just thinking about this as you're talking about it and how it applies to my life and the people that I work with. And so there is something that I think is a double-edged sword because you're saying in general, you know, women um, will uh, acquire wealth. And so thinking about how they can do good deeds and all of that pans out to be true. And when I think about my motivation for what I do, um, I certainly love the impact I have in helping other people. But with that said, I, I think that there's a societal misconception that somehow women, and you're not saying this, I know that, Barbara, but women can't be motiv profit motivated. Like there's something wrong if we're profit motivated. Like, so what if we are? 
Yeah, there there is a lot of um, it, there's there's a big taboo around money. There really is in our culture. We we want it, but people who have it, we don't like them. I remember when I wrote my second book, Secrets of Six Figure Women. It was my agent's idea. She said, why don't you interview women who are making more than they ever have before? And she was all excited about this idea, and I hated it. I imagine these successful women, these designer dress snobs, totally boring or totally intimidated. And I did like this out-of-body thing. I thought, wait a minute. If this is how I feel about successful women, I'll never let myself become one of them. I had to see I had some real stereotypes about women who made a lot of money. And so I think it's important that we do examine our beliefs and our stereotypes and the cultural myths we have adopted and integrated, swallowed whole. Because money is not evil. Money is not evil as our culture, as many religions teach us. It's the lack of money, the lack of self-love that creates people to do bad things. And, and it's, it's so connected, right? So if you start with, you say, the myth that we're busting wide open is women are not financially confident. And then you think about, okay, so that may be women's fear of having power or not defining it in a way that feels comfortable for them. But then also saying, well, you know, if somebody's going to put me down because I am money motivated, then if I act like I'm not financially confident, it's like a great way to hide the fact that, hey, maybe I do want to make a good living and do good works. Um, so, so it's kind of this vicious cycle, huh? Let me tell you what happened to me. So I'm writing Prince Charming Isn't Coming. And I'm starting to get smart. I'm interviewing all these smart women. This is for my first book. And I'm starting to get smart. I'm starting to get this stuff. And it's just like amazing. And then one day I noticed myself going into resistance. I noticed myself fogging up, going to this complete fog. I noticed myself not doing things I need to do, like calling my financial advisor or checking my checkbook and all these things. And I remember I went to therapy and I said, I want to get smart. I really do. I thought I was. And then all of a sudden I can't, I just can't. And my therapist, Daniel said to me, talk to me like I'm a voice in your head. And he, he moves his chair over and I'm to address him like he's a voice in my head. Like he's me. So I go, I turn my head and I look at him in this new chair and I say, I really want to get smart. I really do. And he says to me as the voice in my head, no, you don't. And it's like, I couldn't argue. I couldn't argue. There was, it was like, he took the air out of my balloon. There was a piece of me that was afraid that my parents would be furious with me if I became successful and made money, that a man wouldn't love me if I was successful, that if I had money, I would just make all these mistakes and lose it. So I had to get in touch with all my fears and all my old beliefs before I could really take off. Such great advice. So, you know, there's a, in my new book that's coming out in the fall, Breaking Money Silence, there is a statistic in there, and I, it's probably in the 40%-ish uh, 
uh, time frame. Sorry, I don't have the exact stat in front of me. But basically, the idea that still in our society, women do feel as if they're not going to be attractive to a mate if they are financially put together. And it still runs so deep and so strong. So I think what you're sharing, Barbara, is so important that this myth needs to be busted wide open so we can take care of ourselves as women and then ultimately take care of our families and role model for the next generation of, of young women and young men. So with all that, like what advice do you have or, or what steps can somebody take uh, who's listening who says, oh, well, I am not that financially confident? You know, how do you kind of get out of that? I mean, part of it is, right, learning um, and, and learning some things about finance if you're not um, comfortable uh, with finance. But I feel like it goes deeper than that. So, so what are some of the things that people need to do if they want to take action in this, in this area of their lives? So what I learned for me and what I've learned in coaching for all these decades is that they're getting smart about money for most women is a three-pronged process. It's what I call the outer work, the inner work, and the higher work of wealth. And the outer work is, you know, understanding the difference between a stock and bond, educating yourself. And I'm, and when I, after I go through these three uh, prongs, I will tell you a very, very easy way to learn about money. Okay, but first let me go through the three, three prongs. One is the outer work. And this is what, where most of the financial media focuses. The second is the inner work really exploring, really going deep, exploring those attitudes and beliefs that you have about yourself and money. Um, and the third prong, the higher work of wealth, is that I believe we are all here on this planet. We each have our own purpose for being here. And if we could understand what our purpose is and how money is so aligned with that, because as Michael Beckwith, the Reverend Michael Beckwith says, how can you be the light of the world if you can't pay your light bills? Hmm. You cannot fully pursue your purpose if you're drowning in debt and struggling to make ends meet. So it's important to look at all three of those prongs. Quick but question before you get to the other piece. I know there's a second yes. part to this. but So when you're saying about um, the higher work of wealth and you're saying it's tied to your life purpose, is the idea that if you find your life purpose and you're living your life purpose, uh, you will be more uh, wealthy, so to speak? Money will come your direction or you'll be better around wealth? Well, I don't know if you take care of it, if you do the outer work and the inner work. Well, right, right. I guess that, yes. Process. Okay, so if you do the if you do all three pieces, that that's the yeah. theory. Okay, now tell us yeah, the next I mean, part. It's, like, it's not like do what you love and the money will follow. The money may follow, but it doesn't, you don't keep it. Right, So <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah. the important thing is to really look at how you can keep it. What motivates women is the higher work. What gets us unstuck is the inner work. And what really cements our, our path to wealth, what really digs the foundation is the outer work. And so really what I found, and this is what I did for me because my eyes would glaze over, my brain would fog up, and I just felt anytime I looked at anything financial. So I did these three steps. And I swear you do these three steps for four months. And you will be amazed, amazed at how much smarter you will be. And it's so easy. It's small steps consistently, consistently taken that create remarkable results. So if every day you read something about money, 
even if it's just for a minute or two, even if it's just you're standing in the market in line at the grocery store and you pick up money magazine instead of people and leaf through it. Or before you go to bed at night, you take a money book and read a sentence, two sentences, a paragraph, close it. Because I, this is what I did. What I, I did is I got, I subscribed to the Wall Street Journal because all these women I were interviewing, I was interviewing, told me they would subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. So I, and that sucker came every day. And I looked at <laughs> I couldn't understand. It's a lot of reading, I know. It's a lot of reading. So what I did, very smart, is I took Section C at the time. It's changed now. But Section C, which was finance and investing, and I put it on the kitchen counter, and I'd walk by it every morning. And I'd figure by osmosis, I'd pick something up. Well, uh, by osmosis, <laughs> I did. So even if it's just glancing at the headlines of the business section of the paper so every really, day. So really, really small, doable, baby steps. Don't try every to do day. too much. Yep, every, every day. day. One minute to two minutes. Second step, every week have a conversation about money. Ooh, I like that one. With more than you. This is why your book is going to be so kick-ass great. Because <laughs> it is our secrecy and silence that keeps us stuck. We women just don't talk about money. We'll moan and groan about it. But when's the last time you've gone out with a friend or a family member or a colleague and said, do you invest? Uh, how, how do you invest? How did you get smart? How, what did, what, how did you learn? What books would you suggest I read? We start talking about money. So if every day we read, if every week we talk, and if every month we save, we automatically have money transferred from our checking account or a payroll check into a savings account. And then after you have about six to eight months of savings, emergency savings, you can, in, well, as you are saving your, in your emergency, you can also be saving in your retirement amount, retirement account. And even if it's just a small amount, because small amounts add up really quickly. I love that. That's so practical, so um, approachable. And, you know, time goes so quick for all of these podcasts. And certainly listening to you, Barbara, I could uh, do a five, six part series. I always love what you have to say. So let's um, have you say a little bit about where people can find out more uh, about you if they don't know about you yet. And also, where could they find out more about um, these steps or this process? Um, so they so, can kind of continue uh, what we've started today. So the best place to go is my website, Barbara Stanny, S-T-A-N-N-Y, barbarastanny.com. And you, if you sign up for my website, you will get an invitation the first Monday of every month. I have a monthly Money Monday call. And it is for women exclusively. And we talk about money like men never talk about money. We really get to the down and dirty. We really go deep. It's beautiful. And I also have a Facebook page, which is totally free. Uh, and you can sign up. We have over 2,500 members on this page. And again, it's, it's a beautiful support supportive community where we talk about money, where we ask questions, we get support. It's, it's wonderful. So I'd say start there. And I also have a an ebook you can get. It's totally free. Called I think it's called. So now that I, so so I'm successful. Now what? And it's a uh, a, a successful woman's guide to creating wealth. 
And we're going to put a link to that to those resources that she just mentioned, but also a link to the free ebook for anybody who's listening in. You can just go down and click on it. And I downloaded it this morning and started to peruse it. And it looks very good, Barbara, per usual. Um, so yeah, these are great steps that people can take. And, and kind of what I'm walking away with is the idea that, you know, let's not buy into tomorrow. You know, it's, it's like tomorrow be a better day, or I don't need to worry about money now. And to really understand why why it's important to look at it each day, each week, each month in the way that you've talked about it, and also to not delay thinking a partner or an inheritance or somehow it's magically going to get easier when in fact as adults, it's our adult responsibility to take care of our wealth uh, and our income and, and manage our finances just like I th- you know, just like we take care of our health. And so this has been a really great, insightful call. Um, and I really appreciate your insights, Barbara. So before I say goodbye, is there any last minute uh, thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, everyone, everyone I've worked with, including my first editor at Penguin, who edited my book, when they start getting smart about money, they all say the same thing. It's, oh my God, I feel so powerful. And that, that is why we get smart about money. Love it. So worry about money and feel powerful as a reframe right there. Be powerful around your money. Thank you so much, Barbara, for your time and your expertise. As always, it's been a pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Breaking Money Silence, hosted by Kathleen Burns Kingsbury, a wealth psychology expert and founder of KBK Wealth Connection. If you like what you heard, then check out more podcasts at BreakingMoneySilence.com or subscribe on iTunes.com. Need a fun, engaging speaker for your next event? Go to KBKWealthConnection.com and find out how to book Kathleen today. Be sure to share today's show so together we can break money silence for good.